I am the founder of FBX Homes. We just run a bunch of Airbnbs for investors. We really specialize in the midterms. We specialize in luxury stays. What's kind of your guest avatar for medium-term rentals? We deal a lot in the entertainment industry. LA has been a place of midterm rentals before it was even a thing. I think in any business, your first contract's the hardest contract to ever get because you have nothing to show. We were doing like the dirty work that nobody wanted to do. And we ended up like really making good money. Right now, we're literally at 98% occupancy. We need more <laughs> homes. Like, please give me your home. Everybody always says that real estate is a relationship business and it could not be more true. Real estate's such a fun game to play because everybody gets a chance to win. There is so much you can learn from everyone in this industry and it doesn't even matter if you have one Airbnb or you have like 100 Airbnbs because we all have the same stories. What is up everybody? We are back today with another episode of the Fetch It Podcast. We have a very special guest today. We have Mercedes with us. Mercedes, please tell the guests everything about you, how you got started, who you are, and tell us a little bit about your background. Well, thanks, David, so much for having me. Super excited. My name is Mercedes. I am the founder of MBX Homes. So long story short, we just run a bunch of Airbnbs uh, <laughs> for investors. So we are essentially an Airbnb co-host, but we have made this awesome business out of it. And we have about 55 doors to our name at the moment and primarily in Los Angeles with a few here and there. Uh, but we really specialize in the mid uh, midterms. We specialize in luxury stays and we have a handful of really special guests interesting so i actually i didn't know you were into midterms at all so that's my entire portfolio is medium term rentals so you're obviously on a very different spectrum than me i'm I, my portfolio is in fort wayne indiana i'm mostly like medical professionals and stuff like that so like what's kind of your guest avatar for medium term rentals yeah, we deal a lot in the entertainment industry. So we have a lot of screenwriters. We get some, you know, actresses, some actors. We get a lot of athletes. Uh, we do get the occasional travel nurse who's looking just to, you know, splurge on her stay or, uh -huh. you know, wants to be extra comfortable. So they'll get that luxury condo about the 5000 price point. Uh, so we definitely deal with medical professionals as well, but just somebody in a really high profession who wants a very nice, comfortable stay. Very interesting. So yeah, that that's always the part that like I struggle with because me, you know, Midwest when my my uh, main investment area is Fort Wayne, Indiana, one of the cheapest places in the country to live. L.A., one of the most expensive places yeah. to live. So then, whenever I have some students that are coming to me and they're asking like, "Hey, does this work elsewhere?" I'm like, "Yes, I know that it works elsewhere, but it's a little bit outside of my wheelhouse." So I'm gonna take this opportunity to learn from you. So whenever you're looking into like medium term rentals in a more expensive market like L.A., how are you underwriting these properties? Properties and how are you like trying to gauge demand to make sure that you're going to have demand for these properties? Because, you know, if you if you go on to co-host some of these, you know, like you said, five thousand dollar a month properties or I'm sure plus way above that. Like, how are you um, like making sure and how are you reassuring your host that you're co-hosting with that you're going to make money with it? Of course. So that's a great question. Um, so we our business model is a little bit different. So basically, we already have a portfolio of investors who have these properties or who are flipping these properties. And L.A. has been a place of midterm rental, rentals before it was even a thing. Like L.A. is very project-based. It's very transient. People come here for six months out of the year to work, and then they fly off somewhere else. So basically, it's about honing in on those industries, really knowing trends, really knowing what's, like, what the seasonality is, and just really marketing toward that demographic. A really big thing is when we work with our investors, it's all about the amenities you put in your rental. It's all about the looks of it, what's in there. 
I mean, if we're going against athletes, we need California king size beds. Like we don't do queen size beds. That's just not a thing for us. Um, you know, we're very flexible. A lot of our a lot of our tenants need two to three parking spaces. So how do we work that in the deal? Uh, and it, a lot of these are super customized. I will say. Okay, very interesting. So uh, what would you say like your your prime product is for you? Or what's kind of like the bread and butter? Is it mostly like higher end condos? Is it houses? Is it a mix? It's a mix. I would say we're about 50-50 right now. Uh, with, and, you know, some of our STRs act as MTRs too. Gotcha. So then like, do you do like, okay, if we've got a medium term rental for three months, but they're booked, you know, a month from now, then you just run it as a short term for that little gap? Pretty much or vice versa. I mean, we've I'm not going to lie. We've canceled reservations on Airbnb to take an amazing four month stay. Absolutely. I've done the same. Like, I'm sorry, super host status. You got to go for a little bit. It's fine. It's okay. Exactly right. We are super honest with our owners when these transactions happen. And like our whole business strategy is that we are basically utilizing your portfolio to make you the max amount of money. So Very we're nice. not only on Airbnb, we're on a different platforms. I'm always, you know, networking with um, different relocation specialists, with agents. I mean, the list can go on. Yeah, that's interesting. So most people, whenever they think, oh, yeah, medium term rentals, they think Airbnb and Furnish Finder. So what are maybe some spots that you guys ever? I'm sorry. I don't even do furnish finder. Yeah, yeah, so like, that's not your that's not your ideal yeah. clientele. Um, what are some other um, online booking platforms that people maybe don't know about, like Airbnb and Furnish Finder, kind of the big ones that people think of, and then you know Verbo for vacation rentals. But then like maybe start, what are some things that people haven't heard of? So of course we do the insurance days. So I'm sure you heard like ALE Solutions, National Corporate Housing. So we're in all of their databases and we do a ton of business with them. I mean, we love ALE, we love National Corporate Housing, but a lot of our business is honestly just who you know. Mm. Like it's agents texting us, it's relocation specialists, specialists, specialists? relocation specialists, <laughs> emailing us, texting us, they know our portfolios, or we really hone in on when we do land one of like those really big special bookings, like we make sure to keep that connection with the person who booked it. They're on our email list. We text them. We follow them on Instagram. Like we're very personal in that aspect too. Gotcha. And That's even great. if they know somebody coming to LA for a weekend or for a concert, like they'll literally text me and be like, what do you have this weekend? I'm in town. Mm. Like they'll go to us before Airbnb, which is, that's the goal. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Get them off Airbnb, get away from those fees and get big brother off your back just in case, you know, it's always good to have your own business in your own pocket. So how, take me back to the beginning. How did all of this begin? Like, how did you get into the real estate space? How did you get that first co-hosting deal? Because there's a lot of people that are listening to, you know, the podcast right now that they haven't even gone from zero to one and co-hosting is a really good place to kind of get into that, you know, try and get into the world of Airbnb. So how did you start so that people can kind of maybe mimic? Yeah, and I think in any business, your first contract's the hardest contract to ever get because you have nothing to show. You know, it's just this idea, you have a business plan, but like you're not actually executing it. Um, So I always tell anybody who's wanting to get that very first one to just put yourself out there and do any task that you can learn from. So I tell like we started off as like staging runner business for other Airbnb hosts just to kind of meet homeowners, understand the business. Like we were doing like the dirty work that nobody wanted to do um and we ended up like really making good money off like those really small tasks and then we grew from there but i will say i'm a little lucky because 
my uncle is a real estate investor, and he actually had this one apartment. I mean, it's no thrill apartment. Like, there's no washer dryer. There is a parking space. It is a really great area in L.A. It's by the beach, which is nice. But it was sitting empty for, like, eight months because of COVID. And mm. I was like, okay, like, this has never happened. You know, it was just one of those things that people were moving out of L.A. There was no work. And we ended up putting on Airbnb. Like, we furnished it. We put on Airbnb. He was so against it. He was like, this is your deal. <laughs> like, I'm not involved. Like, I'm not dealing with it. And honestly... He's all about Airbnb now. He's <laughs> all about midterm rental. He's all about short term. Like he only wants to stay in them. So that's kind of how we got started. And we used that model and just applied it to like all our different owners that we deal with now. Gotcha. Very nice. Yeah. So you, you mentioned that your uncle it was against Airbnb at first, especially medium term rentals, because that can, you know, lead to problems with squatting, especially, you know, with California being very yeah. tenant friendly. Me, I always tell people I live in Indiana, like I could have somebody out in like 14 days if I wanted to. So I'm not really ever concerned about that on the medium term side of things. So how have you tried to mitigate that risk, uh, knowing that it's there? Yeah, that's a great question. And knock on wood, like we have never had a squatter or like any type of issue. Um, one, I think we charge a very high price point. So when you're charging a high price point, like you know that they're going to move on. Like I'm not really worried about things. Also, we ask every guest why they're coming. So we know like their contract dates, like when it's over, we know what hospital they're working at, what project they're working on. Like we know those facts about them. Um, and just honestly, I really think it's about reading your guest and like, yeah. I mean, it sounds so silly, but like don't approve somebody who just made an Airbnb profile the same month that they're trying to book in. Like there's, there's a lot of red flags you could read off people. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, we just really haven't had that issue and it's a big deal. Yeah, there's that big deal here. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said about the higher price point. Um, uh, we had Jeff Alulian on the podcast a while back, and he had some really high-end arbitrages that he was doing in the L.A. area. And he was like, you know, if you have like the higher you charge, the less problems you have, because, you know, these people are just higher caliber people. They're not going to have to worry about, you know, any of this nonsense. The you You're not going to chase anybody for a payment. They're going to be like, yeah, I wired the money last week. Like, no worries. You know, and so yeah. that's definitely a, a big difference between somebody that's like, oh, I'm charging 90 bucks a night for my little one bed or studio or something like that in you know somewhere in LA versus a property like yours and I do think that's a great correlation because a lot of the squatting problems that were happening especially during the COVID days were a lot of like private rooms like garage ADU type situations which is a lower price point yeah absolutely absolutely so um now what does the portfolio look like and where do you see the portfolio going in like a year from now where the business going in like a year from now yeah that's a great question so right now we're really honing in like the single family homes um so like the three to four bedroom five bedrooms kind of like our bread and butter and then of course like luxury condos and you know in between all of those transactions we also have a huge network like within la so let's say you know a past guest comes to me and I don't have any availability. Like right now we're literally at 98% occupancy. Like we have, we need more <laughs> homes. Like, please give me your homes, but we'll reach out to fellow operators. You know, we'll go on MLS and find them an agent. So like we will try to place that guest into a really great home if we don't have any availability. And I love doing that. It's like Mac, mm -hmm. it's awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> but in a year, I mean, I see us at like maybe like the 75 home, mark and i think that's a super good sweet spot for us because okay. i don't think i don't want to have the 400 properties under our belt i really want like 
really great quality, great homes, great owners, great investors under us. And we're okay with that. Um, but we are branching out into like the whole motel deal thing. And that's like, you know, it's going. So maybe when we see you guys in October, we'll have a really good success story for you guys. But that's uh, kind of where we're going. So we're branching off. We're having like a whole hospitality type line coming out very soon. So yeah, two different, very two different divisions. Very exciting stuff happening. Yeah, so I I was gonna ask about that. So like, is co-hosting kind of like the the uh, the end game, or is this just uh, the beginning to a way to build a big cash flowing business to then funnel that towards purchasing? Is that the end goal, yeah, or that's totally the end goal, of course. Yeah, but we gotcha. Really so tell me what so, we're doing. So like, co-hosting's never gonna go away. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, like like what Grant Cardone says, you know, build a, a high cash flow business and then just pump it all into buying assets. And co-hosting, like if you're trying to get into real estate, I think it's like the best way to do it. It's zero money down. You're providing a service. So, you know, at the beginning, it's all income. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, somebody that's wanting to negotiate their terms, or I guess if you don't have any, uh, you know, what what is if somebody's wanting to come to you with a property, how do you um, make sure that they are going to be a good fit for you and you're going to be a good fit for them? Like what negotiation should happen before you agree to bring somebody on? That's an excellent question. And this is something I wish I asked myself in the beginning of building our business. Um, but now that we do like really vet our homeowners and make sure they are a good fit for our company, it's one, making sure that they're going to furnish the home correctly to our standards. They're going to purchase everything we're telling them to purchase that's in our checklist. Um, because at the end of the day, their homes are also our portfolio. So we don't really want to be associated with like not a great home. Yeah. So that number one is like the first thing. The second thing is availability. So we kind of need to know, is this home always going to be available? Are your kids going to come here for the summer? Are you going to come every winter? Like we kind of need to know when they want to use the home because it doesn't mm -hmm. make any sense for us to have a home and it's only available two months out of the year. Yeah. Um, and we have some clients that have amazing, amazing beach houses that they only rent out during the summer months, but at least that's four months of really great income and it's worth the investment every summer for us to like get that, that place going. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, somebody that it's oh, more sorry. like the owner. It's okay. It's more the owner than the home, to be quite honest. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, whenever you're trying to negotiate your side of things, like what what would be um, like a fair split, if you will, for like a co-hosting fee for somebody just starting out versus what do you think somebody should be doing? Because it, it, it's very easy for somebody, you know, in the beginning stages of things to just be like, I'll take anything, you know, anything that they'll, they'll give me, I'll do. But how do you make sure that somebody, if they're wanting to like start out and get their first property to make sure that they are uh, valuing what they're bringing to the table enough? Like what, what kind of things should they be uh, making sure that they negotiate for themselves? We'll never go below 15%. I think anybody who says okay. they need 10% co-host, like, that like, that's just a red flag. Like, don't do it. And I've had homeowners, you know, interview our company to see if we're going to be a good fit. And they're like, well, somebody else can do it for 10%. And I'm like, then go with them. Because we have we yeah. a lot. We show a ton of value into our services. Uh, and that's what our company is all about. So if they don't want that value, then they're not going to get it. And I'll be super transparent we charge 15 percent for midterm rental and then 20 percent for str if the home makes mm -hmm. more than 800 dollars a night we'll knock that down to 18 percent 
because that is a really gotcha. big chunk of commission. So mm-hmm. that and that's also to get those big homes too. It's like a good competitive advantage. Those two percent make it makes a difference. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, but never go below fifteen percent. I think you know, especially in the beginning, because it takes so much to onboard a home. That's like when you work the most. It's those first two months. But you know, it let's say the homeowner is really being like maybe a stickler, and you're starting out. Maybe you could say you know thirteen point five percent for the first three months, and then we could get promoted to fifteen percent. But once you start out so low, it's going to be so hard to increase your rates. Yeah, because once they get used to that number, then it's going to be really hard to bring yeah. it up. And a great way to word that to homeowners, and I use it all the time. It's I don't want you to think that because you're paying us less that we're providing you with less. So all of our homes are at the mm. same exact percentage because they're all getting the same amount of attention, the same services, the same 24-7 communication, all the inspections. Like you are getting everything that the other homeowners are getting. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Um, so whenever you're onboarding a new property, what percentage of them are furnished versus what properties are not furnished? And if they're not furnished, do you guys take care of the furnishings, but you have the owner pay for them and then you guys get reimbursed? How does that work? Yeah. So I would say about like 90% of the homes are furnished. And honestly, we're like kind of a takeover mm. company. Like they're not happy with their last management <laughs> company or they're using one of like the big guys that we know. And they're just like, they feel like a number. So that's when they want to go like more boutique style, mm-hmm. come to us. And like we get their, their reviews back up and going. So right now, like we're mostly taking over properties. Um, however, if they need furnishing or they need some updates um, or, you know, just added amenities, they are responsible for paying those up front. So we'll just simply give them a CC off. We'll take over. They give us the okay to order okay. anything we want. And then they get all the statements at the end, at the end of the day. And we do charge gotcha. per right. hour for labor and sourcing. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. How, how the um, payment worked for like basically setup fee and stuff like that, but it's just yeah, an hourly like rate. Setup fee. Gotcha. Very nice. So is there, is there any plans to ever adventure outside of the LA area or are you guys pretty happy uh, just hanging out there in this uh, sunny Southern state? We're happy hanging out here, but we are expanding. So we have a cabin in Big Bear now, which is super fun. And that's super remote. Uh, It's about two hours out of LA. And we have an owner who just bought brand new high rise condo in Miami. Um, So that's finishing being built currently. Their development's almost done. So our owners are taking us with them to other markets. And it's really nice when it's already a current owner because we already have that relationship built and they know how our systems work. And then we're super honest with them. Like, you know, this is our first one in Big Bear. So we're going to learn a lot. And like they teach us things. And I think that's like the best way to learn in that market. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that that's like a testament to how good your service is and how much they trust you guys and how well you're doing for them, that they're willing to like say, hey, I want you guys to manage this thing. I know that you're in L.A., but I want you to manage this property that's in Miami for me instead of me trying to find a new operator in Miami. Yeah. Um, so with you guys, you know, kind of trying to bootstrap a, uh, a new, um, you know, boots on the ground team in Miami, what's that been like? Yeah, so, I mean, once we go to every property, so any property that's not even in L.A., like, I personally see every single property, and then we just set up meetings, cleaners, handyman, same process here in L.A. We just do it there. Uh, We do reach out to fellow hosts that we know in those areas to see who they're using, you know, good referrals. So that's the number one thing for us. 
referral. Gotcha. Gotcha. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, everybody always says that, you know, like uh, real estate is a relationship business and like it could not be more true. Like anybody that, you know, says otherwise is, has obviously not been in the, uh, the, the game for very long because yeah. just like it all depends on who you know. And like you said, whenever you have a referral coming from somebody already from, you know, like, hey, my property's full, but you can get sent over to so-and-so like that, that relationship is invaluable because then you are giving them value. You're making them look good because they are able to then send, you know, you over to a different person that might help bring more, uh, you know, revenue their way in the future whenever their property is open. And then it just makes it more fun anyways. Like, you know, real estate's such a fun game to play because everybody gets a chance to win. It's not, not as cutthroat is what a lot of people make it out to be because there's more than enough to go around and so you get a chance to you know play with everybody in the same playground and everybody gets to make money i 100 agree with that statement <laughs> that's like, awesome okay game. so uh all right so we are going to start digging into some of our uh, uh later on like uh kind of closing questions so one of my favorite questions that i like to ask people is what has been your favorite deal that you have done thus far what's the deal that you look back on and you're just like man that place is fantastic oh that's actually a good question um <laughs> you know what i think it has to be like our very first big home that we got and okay this is also just all about relationship building and if it wasn't for this owner i don't think we would be where we are today so he needed a stager for his Airbnb and we were just starting out and I put myself on Thumbtack, like that app where you can find like plumbers, mm. handyman, you can find real yeah. on there. It's crazy. So he hit me up and I had a few photos on there, like the one Airbnb we had, whatever. He's like, Hey, can you come tomorrow? Help me finish staging. Like my real estate photographer is going to be there and my management company like can't send a stager or something. And I was like, sure. So I drove to this guy's house. It was like middle of COVID. We had mask on. I'm like staging his house. It was a beautiful home. <laughs> he loved everything I bought for him. It was like match made in heaven type of thing. And just long story short, he fired his management company. Went with us, not even. Oh like, shoot. <laughs> Yeah, like it was just like insane. And my boyfriend's a photographer by trade, like an entertainment photographer, and he hated his listing photos. And he's like, do you think your boyfriend can take these photos? And I'm like, yeah, he does it all the time. He like never did real estate. <laughs> Knocked it out of the park, like uh -huh. seriously. It was just like, he literally helped us set a tone for our company. And then he got another condo, put it under us. And then like his referrals just kept going and yeah. So I think that was like the best deal that could have ever happened for us. Yeah. So very first, you know, big house. So what was, what was kind of like what you guys had before? And then what was the big house? Like, you know, give us a little oh bit of God, details like about little, it. Like one condo and one apartment at that point, like we were fresh and I was like <laughs> helping doing like cleaning. Um, like we were organizing cleans and maintenance for like two other like small homes in like the West side. So this was like a big house, um, in Woodland Hills, which is like the Valley three bedroom, hot tub, like new build, like just a smart home, Tesla charger. I was like, this is what I want to do. Like this are like bells and whistles on everything here. Uh, it was super cool. Yeah. So what's like a, a nightly rate, weekly rate, monthly rate for a house like that, like a higher end home that's in that area? Well, I'll put it to you this. We booked it for 17,000 for a month and I currently have a six month MTR for 11,000 there. That's oh my gosh, that's wild. <laughs> Congratulations. That's fantastic. 
Okay. Uh, so next question that I like to dig into is, uh, you know, people usually get into this and then they start to, you know, in the social media world, they start to look up to other people for kind of inspiration. Has there been somebody that's in your niche, like either Airbnb co-hosting or just real estate investing in general that you've kind of looked up to and somebody that uh, other people should follow? Is it so sad to say selling sunset? <laughs> <laughs> No, that's all. My wife and I love it. Um, no, I honestly, like those homes, like I'm able to tour those homes since like I am an agent and I'm just like the investor that buys oh. this home, like needs to, like I need to meet that investor who buys this home. Like when I, like those homes are real life, like they are on the MLS here in LA and that's like a very small niche here. Um, but it's honestly like, I'm like, I gotta get those investors. Like that's would be a dream, but no, honestly, like in this space, like Rob's obviously like huge mentor for me, like, oh my God, like obsessed with those YouTube videos, like putting this into, you know, just starting this business, everything like that. Um, I mean, everyone, like there is so much you can learn from everyone in this industry. And it doesn't even matter if like you have like one Airbnb or you have like a hundred Airbnbs because we all have the same stories. We have the same cleaning nightmares, the same horrible guests, the same great guests. Like we all could be so like we all are so relatable in this industry, um, and you know we have like a group of girls that get together like, every month, and it's just so nice to know that you're, like you're not alone in this industry. And how you said real estate's fun; you make a ton of friends and partnerships in here, and you could really like learn a lot from everybody. And I think it's really important like not to judge people like based off their portfolio. Hundred percent. Yeah, that, I forget. Uh, I was just listening to. I think it was the one where uh, the Bigger Pockets episode where they were recording in Spotify. I think it was Rob, David, Ashley, and Tony, and they were talking about how like it drives them nuts whenever people like only talk about how many doors they have or something like yeah. that. But it's like okay, but really, like how much cash are you bringing in? What actually matters is how much cash you're bringing in. Yeah, if oh you've got a hundred doors and you're bringing in. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I love people success stories. like don't get me wrong like it's so great to know you have a hundred doors but it's also like for me I'm like what are the quality of these hundred doors like how much are you making there's a lot that goes into it um and you know speaking with all these high-end investors that we do work at, at with every day they meet a lot of people that do what we do um and to them too it's like we have met people who are so much more experienced than we are. We've only been in business four years, but do they have the heart, the resources? Are they producing? Do they have the connections? Like there is a lot that goes into this, into the business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you've got a hundred doors and you're making like $4,000 a month, like, okay, big whoop. But if you're, you know, if you've got five doors and you're making 50 grand a month, then that, that makes a big difference. Like the, so um, I, 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 so possible to do those kind of okay numbers. all right tell me a little bit more then so somebody that wants to get into the higher end uh speaking from a personal experience somebody looking to get into the like higher end airbnb world what kind of numbers can somebody expect to get with you know a higher end property in big markets like la or miami like uh, as far as like commission return like that kind of sure. return well, we basically have two of our bigger homes. We're averaging about three, three thousand five hundred a month just on commission. Oh wow, yeah, that's, that's it's, fantastic. It's, I mean, it's possible to make those type of numbers, but I do feel like with those homes, you 
better show value. You better be there for that owner. Like for all the homes though, but you know, it's hard. I know it's hard for my owners to like pay us at the end of the month sometimes. <laughs> I know they're like, yeah. <laughs> Dang, like I could have saved that much if I would have managed it myself. But at the end of the day, they know how hard we're working for them. Like our boots on the ground are pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, they, they obviously see the value that you guys are bringing because like they, they think, oh, for, you know, 3000, 4000 a month, I could surely do this. But then if they would spend one month putting out all the fires that I'm sure you guys put out, they'd be like, okay, please take it back. Oh yeah. And I mean, we have owners who've done that before. Like they're like, okay, like my really? wife can handle it for this month. Like the kids are at camp. Like she could do it. Oh, they come right back. Right back. <laughs> uh, so, you, you know, being in LA and having some higher end homes, I'm sure you have to have some sort of a fun story. Like what's a good Airbnb horror story or something funny that you guys have had happen? Oh, I have a good one for you. Uh, so we had a South African like pop star stay with us. Um, I can't even tell you her name. Never met the girl, by the way, because all mm -hmm. the whole transaction was with her business manager. He booked, he paid the okay. whole thing. Great guy. He's very well known in the industry. Um, so she was there for three months. They kept extending with us. They booked on Airbnb first, then we went direct with them. Long story short, mm -hmm. she left. He's like, hey, my artist had to go back to South Africa for like visa things. Like she like maxed out her time for the year in the States or something. So he's like, yeah, she left. So mm -hmm. you guys can like go ahead and clean. But just let me know of anything personal like she left. And like I'll hand it to her when I see her like next month. And I'm like, great. We walk in and I went with my cleaner for a very specific. I don't remember why I met my cleaner and I went with her, but thank God I did. She left everything. Everything. Oh my. Like closet full of clothes, <laughs> art supplies, music, her guitar, music supplies, her scripts. I mean, everything was left. Like it's like she just put her purse on and walked away. So, so what did you guys do? Um, well, I. Thank God I'm SUV. We packed like it was just insane. <laughs> I don't even know. We literally just put everything in like trash bags. We were like donation. Everything we donated everything for the most part. But she left like brand new things like shoes and boxes, clothes with tags on it. Like my cleaner took all of it. Like she has kids. Like I'm sure she was thrilled that day. And yeah. It yeah. Just, it took us like three trips to get everything out this house. So she had no desire to have any of it back. She was just like, nope, I'm good. She didn't even care. Um, but I have her guitar in my house until this day because he swears that he's oh, like, in my house to pick it up. And I'm like, it's been like six months and it's still <laughs> just sitting here. But <laughs> I think that just comes to when people pay a high price. Like, just, Not that it's entitlement. It's just like, eh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you're working, you're dealing with people to where uh, money is not the uh, most important thing on their agenda yeah. or like the most important thing that's going on with them. Whenever you have, you know, somebody that's staying, you know, 99 bucks a night uh, outside of, you know, some national park or something, that might be the only vacation they go on that whole year. Yeah. You know, you're going to have somebody that's probably going to be nitpicking about a lot of stuff, but you get somebody at this, you know, upper echelon to where they have expendable cash, then it just makes your life a lot easier. But I will say when they have a problem, like you better jump on it. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Um, okay. And then uh, another question I like to ask people, um, and it's okay if, it, if you're not much of a reader, then it could be like a podcast or YouTube channel or something like that. But uh, uh, any books that you've read in the past that have kind of been like a, a pivot book or one that you've read that was like, wow, that really like made a big impact on my life and my business. 
You know, I'm not much of a reader. I wish I was a reader. <laughs> I don't have these books here, but honestly, they're more for like show or like gifts. Um, <laughs> I'm more of like, I love to like connect with people and like hear from them. And I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, like that's so true. Or like they've experienced this. And honestly, I've had like really deep conversations with some of our homeowners who we do become friends with. Like, we'll do lunch, they'll call me just to chat. And like them talking to me about their experience, or they're like, I'm in this new, I'm an escrow, and like this is happening. Like that to me means so much more because they're actually dealing with that. Oh, absolutely. And you're, you're uh, you know, dealing with somebody that's obviously super successful if they can afford the type of properties that you have. And so learning from those people directly and their mistakes and then networking with them and learning on how they were able to do their business, that's going to teach you 10 times more than any book is going to. So you're reading from the book of life instead of yeah. trying to learn from, you know, uh, a book that somebody wrote that's all polished. Totally. But as far as podcasts, I mean, Bigger Pockets is on my car all the time like spotify like knows to play it um that's just been a really big one for me it's like especially the past like year i've been really yeah. into it yeah since rob's been on <laughs> no i mean honestly i feel like i had no idea there was such a network like there is until like about a year and a half two years ago because in la yeah absolutely like yeah my operators here <laughs> uh, as far as short-term rental operators uh like three big ones Oh, okay. Like gotcha. Only, like, have you, uh, so we had here and I was already working with one of those directly. And then like the other two who are like really good competition, but like friendly competition. Um, and I, I had no yeah. idea there was such a huge world about like short term rental, like so many resources. And like, this was a thing, like it all kind of like fell in our plate, like in our laps, in our place. And I think, I mean, it's awesome how many resources there is for anybody looking to get started. And also, I feel like everyone is very friendly. So if you're looking to get started, like I, people reach out all the time. Mm hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you happen to know, uh, Zev and Melissa Forrest? I can't remember the yeah. name of their company off the top Melissa of my head. Oh, okay. I was hoping you did. They're out here. Yeah. They, beach, so they do like really good too. Yeah. They do good stuff. Yeah, we had them on. I think we had them on the podcast probably two or three months ago, something like that. But wonderful people, uh, and like they are, they're doing really, really well. So I'm glad to hear that you guys have already connected because I was, I was hoping that I could be the matchmaker for you guys because I could tell that you guys, your energy would match. Yeah, isn't it fun to be a matchmaker though? See, like with the guests and the yeah, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> no, yes, but they do so, great job. Uh, they have their niche, and it's super awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, um, so I think we're going to run into our last little segment of the show, and it is uh, asking you specifically, is there any sort of like struggles that you're having in your business currently, and is there any way that our listeners could help you out with those struggles? Oh, that's a great question. So um, maybe I'll just talk about the struggle I'm dealing with right now. Okay. We are... <laughs> how do I say this? It's, I feel like it's super tough to get like email marketing out. That makes it sound like mm. we are speaking to like that. We are speaking to them. Right. Cause I feel like so many emails are not, not chat GBT. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that like, we're <laughs> really trying to like hone in on. So if anyone out there is like a ghostwriter, you know, hit me up, <laughs> something like that. I would love Very to get nice. great ideas. Um, that'd be super awesome. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. Anybody out there in the email marketing world that wants to do some freelance work, hit up Mercedes. And if they want to get in contact with you, what's the best place where they could reach you and what's the best place to follow you? Yeah. So MBX Homes on Instagram and we have a YouTube channel and we post super fun stuff on TikTok all the time. Fantastic. All right. So anybody go out there, give her a follow. And uh, oh, we almost forgot to talk about uh, what's going on in October. Congratulations on being one of the speakers at HostCon. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm super excited uh, to be a speaker at HostCon and just to really share with you how you can become a co-host and you could scale and have a true business model. Um, And I know it sounds so scary for a lot of co-hosts because a lot of co-hosts are like one woman, one man shows. And when you start branching out, like that's a big deal. And it's super important to just have systems and make sure your business model is coming across your new staff members and what that's like for not only you and your staff, but also for the homeowner. Because I know Mm. some of my homeowners till this day think I do everything. (laughs) And that (laughs) is surely not the case. But honestly, it's very hard sometimes for homeowners to be like, but you are my co-host. But like they have no idea that someone else is messaging them. (laughs) Someone else is the cleaner. Someone else is the handyman. Um, So it's all about just transparency and systems and making sure expectations are met. Very nice. Do you you guys leverage um, uh, virtual assistants? Yeah. So we have a few virtual assistants um, in a few different uh, type of roles. But to be honest with you, we have a lot of like local gals, they're all gals, I guess, here in LA that handle mostly our homeowner type of situation. So anything that involves the homeowner or transactions, it's all here in LA. We like to do stuff in person with our homeowners at the house. And then a lot of the guest communications, that's where we outsource for BAs. Gotcha. Very nice. Yeah, that's that's kind of been uh, the next step in, uh, I think, my my path. I need to hire a VA. I, I keep putting it off. I need to just do it. And it, I know it'll make my life 10 times easier, but I just have been dragging my feet about it. So any any advice on hiring VAs? Where were you guys able to find yours? So um, I have no time to source a VA. So my whole thing was I could tell you what I need them to do, what I don't want them to do, how to sound, the type of personality I want. But I just didn't have the time of the day to actually go make a like a job post, and I just couldn't do it. So I actually hired an agency yeah. to do it for me. Um, and agency, I mean, no plug. It's called Rocket Sphere. I actually met them at a conference, and they've been pretty great. I mean, we have some rock star VAs, and they're basically the middleman between you. Like they're an agency, they'll help you find your VA for you. Very nice. Rockets. So once again, a matchmaker, but they're a matchmaker for you and VAs. <laughs> yeah. Um, all their VAs are based in the Philippines. And a lot okay. of them have a lot of Airbnb experience, customer service experience. And the best part is you tell them what you want. And then you sit in a two hour interview with seven to 10 applicants that like have passed their, like their requirements and their interviews already. So you basically just the top of the pick and then you pick from there. Oh, that's phenomenal. So Rocket Sphere. All right. I'm going to have to jot a note down and remember that one because that sounds fantastic. I mean, honestly, best resource and they'll help you with everything. So, yeah, not just uh, not just messaging, but they help you with other day to day things. Oh, yeah. I mean, like the agency will help you like with payment regards. Oh, I see. Gotcha. You know, like the important stuff that not a lot of people talk about. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right. So if anybody wants to see uh, Mercedes be up on stage talking and learn how to make a baller co-hosting business, uh, come visit us down in uh, Houston for HostCon in October. Uh, uh, Yonatan and I, we were laughing. We were like, you know, Mercedes, other than Pace Morby, she was the last one on our hit list that we have not had on the podcast yet of people that are speaking at HostCons. We're like, we have to have her on. And I'm so glad that we did. Thank you so much, Mercedes. Thank you guys for having me. I can't wait to meet you in person in October. Absolutely. It'll be fun. I'll buy the first round. There you go. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. It's been another episode of the Fetch It Podcast. Thank you for coming on, Mercedes. Thanks for having me, guys.